Hello and welcome to Weekend Watchlist, a look at what's screening and streaming brought to you by The Letterboxd Show. I'm Mitchell, he's Slim. Hello. And together we'll dig through what's dropping this weekend, last weekend, recent trends on Letterboxd, and we'll also take a peek at our own watchlist all under 30 minutes or they will re-release Father Stew in theaters <laughs> and call it Father Stew Reborn. Wait, sorry, I'm just getting word they have released Father Stew back in theaters. And they've called it Father Stew Reborn. The Father Stew Army is now satiated <laughs> with the re-release. Mitchell, Jim Cameron, the king of cinema, is finally back with a sequel to Avatar after over a decade, a little longer than we thought it would be after the first Avatar. Are you ready for the way of water? We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also chat about Alejandro G. Inuritu's Bardo on Netflix and The Nanny on Amazon Prime. And from there, we'll dig into your community reviews, tagged Weekend Watchlist, what that same community thought of last week's movies, and we'll shuffle our own watchlists once more together. Yeah, I mean, let's just get right into it, Slim. You know, Avatar, The Way of Water, the big one. What's What I find interesting, 94,000 watchlists, not as much as The Whale still. Bonkers. That whale swimming in those waters. That's the real way of water, I think. The whale's still dominating with, what was it, like 130-something It was thousand? the most in the history of Weekend Watchlist that so far. That was bonkers. So I think James Cameron better watch out. The whale is coming for that box office record. Avatar, you know, look out, mm -hmm. Jim. But if people want to check out Avatar The Way of Water, if anybody hasn't heard of it, synopsis, set more than a decade after the events of the first film, learn the story of the Sully family, the trouble that follows them, the lengths they go to keep each other safe, the battles they fight to stay alive, and the tragedies they endure. Slim, we've been dancing around it a little bit. I am not, I'm not a big Avatar person. Let I'll just out. say Let it. Let it out. I'll save space. I'm not, <laughs> I like James Cameron, the Avatar, the first one, I just couldn't get into it. I tried it a couple of times, couldn't get into it, but people are stoked for this movie. I'm very happy for people who are stoked for this movie. It is nice to see like just a community coming around, embracing the magic of cinema. I know you and your son got to check this out last night at a screening mm -hmm. and you left a very, I, I really liked your Letterboxd review. Why don't you tell the people what your experience <laughs> was checking out Avatar? Like genuinely, I thought it was a very Thank sweet you. review. Thank you. We, yeah, we went to King of Prussia, PA for an early screening, double masked up on our way into that theater. And believe it or not, they actually confiscated our phones in front of the theater. They had like, I I thought we were at like a concert or something. And you never like, got it you? back, right? You don't have your phone now. <laughs> Still waiting to get my phone back from that <laughs> brown paper baggie. So yeah, we sat down. It was my son's first 3D movie experience. Wow. And we were chatting, you know, cause we didn't have our phones. So we, we luckily we had to chat with <laughs> each other. to talk to each other. Um, I asked him, I was like, would you remember what your first 3D movie was? And he had a memory of like Legoland. We would go mm. to Legoland and there's like a mini theater in there. And I was like, well, that, this is going to knock your socks off. <laughs> um, and it was my first 3D experience since the first Avatar, which is bonkers to think about. Because remember like the hype and the discourse yeah. around this time was like 3D. 3D movies. This is going to change everything. And then I haven't seen a 3D movie since the first Avatar. And he was like in awe. He was, his mind was blown. And to be honest, my mind was blown because I had forgotten what that experience was like seeing right. a movie in 3D and let alone like an Avatar movie in 3D. It just felt so crazy. The special effects are mind boggling. And in my review, I wrote about how after the movie went, the credits went up and I was like talking to him about what he thought. Like, what's your, what's your rating? What's your letterbox rating? And he's like, oh, it's pretty good. 4.5 stars, I think. 
And really my, my, my main takeaway from this movie was walking to our car in the parking lot with him talking about the movie experience. And he's going to be 12 in December. And my dad grew up a, a huge movie buff. And I was just thinking to myself, like, man, what a great memory we have leaving. This is like not a joke, but like leaving Avatar, like a big movie release. This is going to be a big moment in cinema. And we have this memory of us talking about what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, and it, it really just uh, tickled me that I had that, that memory with him. And he had a great time seeing it. Yeah, I think, and and that's like one of the things with a movie like Avatar, where I think even if it's not like my thing, people just, it captures that idea of like the magic of going to the movies in a way that not a lot of movies really have anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've mentioned before, I'm not a big like fan of the Marvel movies or even the more recent like Star Wars kind of stuff. Like there aren't a lot of like big event movies that I'm really huge on these days, but I really do love like, going to the theater with like my mom and I would always go see all of the Marvel movies. Like she, and mm. she would always be like, I didn't really understand most of what was going. Like I can't follow like the plots of them, but you know, and she just really likes like the, the excitement and being in the theater. Like we would always go opening night for the Marvels for the star Wars. And even if I don't love the movies, those are kind of the only times that I've in the last 10 years been able to feel like that, that same feeling of being a kid and like being at the movie theater on opening yeah. night with a movie that yeah. like the crowd is just so amped for. And so, yeah, I really, I really love that review. I love that Jim Cameron is bringing people back to cinemas for something like that. I will say the only movie that I ever saw in theaters in 3d was Steven Spielberg's the BFG. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it on a date. Shout out Carla, my, my good friend, Carla. Um, <laughs> I don't think there was a second date, but we're still friends. I think that you can't, you can't, you know, you can't follow up on a relationship after you see the BFG on the, no, on the first day. No. Is Carla on Letterboxd? Carla, if you're listening, reach out. We'll follow you on Letterboxd. Or at least I will. I don't know if Mitchell will. I don't think she is. <laughs> let's uh, let's throw out some, some Letterboxd reviews. People are hyped for it. The review embargo dropped the day before we're recording this episode. So people are getting some of their own words out. Um, Katie Walsh's review if The Way of Water was the last film James Cameron ever made, it'd be appropriate as all of his cinematic obsessions coalesce within this gargantuan slice of mind-boggling spectacle presented with classical action-adventure storytelling. Oh my gosh. Let's move on to Bardo. Alejandro G. Inuritu. 33,000 watch lists. This is going to be on Netflix. Full title, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. His first movie since The Revenant. Uh, a renowned Mexican journalist and documentary filmmaker living in Los Angeles is named the recipient of a prestigious international award, and he's compelled to return to his native country, unaware that this simple trip will push him to the existential limit. So I am aware of like the Birdman hype and the Revenant hype, but I've actually kind of avoided the hype for the most part. So this director is really kind of out of my purview. What, what about you? Are you hearing anything about this movie? What's your relationship to this director? Yeah, I, I haven't been too big of a fan of his stuff. I, I didn't really like Birdman. I really didn't like The Revenant. But I am interested in how people are responding to this one, especially um, Jack, who does all the facts and everything for us on the podcast, has noticed that. So the film premiered at, I think it was Venice where it first premiered, and mm -hmm. it got kind of a negative reception from a lot of people. And they sort of like recut it you know, did, or maybe it premiered at like Berlin. It premiered at one of the festivals. And then when it came back for like other festivals, it had been like recut. He did, you know, worked on it a little bit. And 
it started getting a little bit more of a positive reception, but Jack had noticed that on the, the letterbox average rating for it really started going up, especially when it got released in Mexico. Oh. So it feels like people who have, you know, a closer relationship to what Inuritu is, you know, assessing in this movie are getting like a really more, like are getting a lot more out of it. I know my friend, uh, Carlos Aguilar really, really loved it and has like spoken to Inuritu a, a few times, moderated some Q and A's and everything, but he really, really responded to it and has really been pushing for it. So I'm curious to see what's going on here. It is very long. Longer than Avatar? Is it longer than Avatar? It is, okay, 160. What's oh, Avatar? God. I feel like Avatar. Avatar is like 500 minutes or something. <laughs> <laughs> 160. It's, oh, oh it's a, 192. Oh 192. my god. 192 over three. What is this? Jean Dielman. Jake Sully, 23. We'll check out some of the letterbox reviews. I think Anna V's review for Bardo is maybe maybe coming for some of the some of the Bardo haters. Anna mm. says, We are the product of what was, what is, what could have been. Alejandro Gonzalez in Yoritu understands that better than most, and it was an absolute delight to embark on this journey through his alter ego psyche. I laughed, I cried, I wondered, I reflected. And what is the purpose of cinema if not that? I mean, that's a good sell. That is a really good sell. That's, I that laughed, almost, I cried, I wondered, I reflected. almost made me put it on my watch list. My, my The trigger finger was over the button in the app, but I didn't do it, but maybe I will. One film that I did get the pleasure of seeing back at Sundance this year where it won the grand jury prize is Nanny. Written and directed by Nikyatu Jusu on 16,000 watch lists. This one's coming out on Amazon Prime. The synopsis for this one, Aisha, an undocumented immigrant, lands a job as a nanny for a wealthy Manhattan couple. As she prepares for the arrival of the son she left behind in Senegal, a violent presence begins to invade both her dreams and her reality, threatening to destroy the American dream she is painstakingly piecing together. I saw this one back at Sundance. I really loved it. It was I watched it after... Um, after it won the Grand Jury Prize, you have a couple days after they do their awards to catch up on some stuff. And Sam and I were like, oh, this one, you know, the big prize. We got to make sure to check this out before Sundance is over. It was the last movie that we watched during Sundance. And I mean, it, re- it really blew my mind. It, wow. She does a great job of incorporating like folklore and the specific themes that she wants to come out on through the cinematic language of horror. And I think that it is it's like crazy that it's a Featured debut. She's done a bunch of shorts. All of her shorts, I think, are available on the Criterion channel right now if people want to check those out um, before or after seeing Nanny. But for a featured debut, it really is so assured. You can tell that she has been like kind of building up to this for a while. Mm. But how about for you? I know you haven't seen Nanny yet. Are you? No, but I, I read the synopsis this week and it sounded right up my alley. It was reminding me of some of the horror movies, maybe like loose horror thriller movies we've touched on this year on Weekend Watchlist that have eventually moved to Shudder. And it also reminded me of His House on Netflix, which was another feature debut that I fell absolutely in love with, um, which unfortunately has like gone to the wayside. Just, you know, it's fallen into the the Netflix, you know, seller of millions of releases. So if anyone is looking for for a new kind of horror movie, um, from a different perspective, definitely check out his house. So I'm excited to watch this and I'm more excited that it's on Amazon. So this weekend, you know, four faves is the season's over. I can yeah. just fire up now. You whatever you want, buddy. Saturday <laughs> afternoon if I want to. Maybe I'll pull the curtains down. <laughs> heat up some popcorn. It's my time. So I'm excited to watch this. <laughs> good, good holiday viewing. Uh, yes. Andy. I, yeah, I'm, 
the the Amazon Prime release like makes me kind of nervous. My big like takeaway coming out of Sundance was that like I really hope people check this mm-hmm. out and it gets like solid distribution. I'm worried about the the Amazon thing. I hope that it doesn't fall into that same kind of Netflix hole and that people, you know, make the time to check it out. She she's already gotten like her next movie is being um produced by Jordan Peele's Monkey Paws Studios. So like oh. I, she's going to, you know, get the bigger upgrade for as far as like budget and probably like marketing and production and everything for her next movie. But I hope that Nanny doesn't turn into one of those things where people are like, you know, this is a really promising debut. And then like the second movie is like the big one that people talk about. I, I really hope mm-hmm. people check it out because I think that there's such confidence in it. Um, I'll throw out Robert Daniels letterbox review. Robert Daniels said, wow, an unreal Anna Diop who plays the lead in the film. Lush cinematography by Rena Yang and devastating use of folktales by Jusu. Such a smart film about the exploitation of African immigrant mothers and how often they're excluded from the American dream. People need to see this movie and do the work it demands. It's worth it. I strongly agree with that. Okay. Watch it this weekend. Tag your review weekend watch list so we can spotlight it next week. So speaking of which, looking back at last week, We'll, we'll spotlight our community reviews with that tag of weekend watch list. Just a reminder, next week, we're going to be doing a special segment, Holiday Watch List. So tag your list with your favorite holiday movies that you're going to be watching over the next few weeks, and we'll spotlight them next week. I saw Pinocchio last week. The big Del Toro G-G-T. release. The king. The god, they say. Del Toro on Twitter. I liked it. I liked it. Wasn't bad. You know, it, it takes place in like fascist Italy. Um, the, the stop motion animation is insane. I don't know how they do this stuff. I don't, I don't even want to know because I don't want to take the, the prestige of this kind of animation. The, the intro, the beginning had a lot of heart. I wish the, the rest of the movie had the same amount of heart. Mm. Um, and I also would have loved more time in the dead puppet underworld that is shown in a few scenes, but I had fun. Glad I was able to see it. Yeah, I got I got to check this one out. It's it's on my list. I definitely want to make sure that I see it by the end of the year. If I've nothing out like everybody the stop motion in it, people just will not stop talking about it. I'm like They're I get nuts. it. It probably looks great. I understand. I'll watch it. They're going nuts, Mitchell, <laughs> over the stop motion animation. I'll, um, I'll I'll shout out a review here that was tagged. We can watch this from Joe Jazzy. I would not have thought of retelling Pinocchio with fascist Italy as the setting, but that's why Guillermo is the master. What a setting to retell this classic in Disney. Could never. Shots fired. (laughs) (laughs) Disney, retire already. It's over for you. What about you? What do you want to spotlight? Yeah, I've been I've been catching up on some stuff. Um, you know, still working through my massive pile of screeners that I'm finally getting the chance to see. Some stuff that I haven't connected with quite so much, but also I'm getting to see some some that I'm really loving. Um, I I watched uh, Hirokazu Koreeda's Broker. Oh, Finally, which has been one of my most anticipated of the year. I'm a huge fan of him. I have a shoplifters poster on my bedroom wall. Um, he's got Song Kang Ho, who people know from Parasite and other Bong Joon Ho movies, as the lead in this one. It's about like um, it's it's more narratively heavy than a lot of Coriata's movies. Um, so there's there's definitely some letterbox reviews complaining a little bit about the contrivances in the narrative, which I, I don't disagree with, but I think that he makes them work because his filmmaking is always so focused on characters first. And like, he just is a very humanist filmmaker and the emotions in his movies really, really sneak up on you. So it's like one of those directors where you're watching his movies and you get like 90 minutes in and you start crying and you're like, oh, I had no idea that this movie was even like that. I was that emotionally invested in this, uh-huh. but it really sneaks up on you, which which I liked a lot. Um, I also watched Hit the Road 
by uh, director Panah Panahi, who is the son of Jafar Panahi, who is in prison right now for protesting in Iran. Um, and Hit the Road, also a very similar thing. Sam and I watched that one together. It starts off, it's about just like a family on a road trip to get their son um, into like sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And it's it sneaks up on you because it's really funny at first. It's just like this family on the road. And by the end of the movie, I was like a mess of tears. Oh and God. it's it's pretty dope. I mean, that one's that one's available like on VOD and everything right now. So if people want to check out Hit the Road, definitely check that out. Broker is coming out in like limited theaters around Christmas time. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure Neon will put it out like in more theaters in 2023. You're talking about being in tears. I finally was able to watch After Sun from Charlotte Wells. Four and a half stars for me. FYI, folks, <laughs> four and a half stars. Flynn Slicker, our social media manager, top five of all time, Flynn has declared Christ. for After Sun on her most recent rewatch. So if you haven't been checking out After Sun, get on it. I think it's on A24 did like a screening, 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 room, screening thing. room Yeah, so it should be out on VOD probably like next week or something if people want to catch up with that one. Let's take a look at what's going on with the Letterboxd Top 50 of 2022 this is jack lets us know this is the last update we're getting (gasps) for this year before our big whopping mammoth year in review 2022 coming in early january where all of the stats will be diving in we'll get to see what the official locked in enshrined in gold forever (laughs) the top films of 2022 (laughs) On Letterboxd, as well as the most watched directors, actors, actresses, so many other stats flying your way soon. And you'll also get to see, that's where you'll see where Babylon and Avatar The Way of Water and mm. you know some of these other last breaking films are going to rank. Maybe Avatar 2 is going to be the number one movie of the year. Could it be? Could it be? Mitchell doesn't even know what to say. (laughs) How to politically respond to that statement without ignoring me completely. Or could it be Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, (laughs) (laughs) which has landed on the list at number 40 right now. Jack says this is a pleasant surprise because the first Puss in Boots film from 2011 currently has a 2.9 average rating. So getting Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, getting a huge bump, you know, a big big pull up mm-hmm. from its previous film. You know, we read, I think a couple weeks ago, Mia and I read Gemma's review of this one. She uh, compared it to Paddington. She really loved it. Strong I'm words. seeing a lot of, I, I got the screener for this in my inbox last night. I feel like I got to check this out. I'm, let's see, <laughs> you know, it's at 40 right now, but it's it's not out in US theaters yet. It's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can get it up to, to number one by the end of the year. We'll see. We'll see. I watch The Nanny Saturday. You watch Puss in Boots, and we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see, see what that. what makes the lead. What what goes up the charts? Ugh, Should we go to our watch list? Let's check out. What's Should going we on check out list? what's happening with our own watch list? We're making headway. I alluded to the fact that I needed to do a cleanse, a watch list <laughs> cleanse, a couple weeks ago. So I started. I feel like you're things. cleansing like every two weeks. <laughs> I have friends Maybe who comment. I mentioned this to you. I have friends who comment like every time Slim pulls. Uh, a review you just hear like a sigh in him and like a regret (laughs) oh regrets regrets so many regrets in my watch list editions but i'm trying to you know i get ig ads for cleanses now maybe cleanses cleanses are the key and it starts with my watch list so i got a christopher lambert movie last time fortress uh from the director of reanimator 
So you might think, like, okay, now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> you might think. Uh, you were not cooking with gas for this movie, <laughs> in my opinion. You were cooking with, I don't know, charcoal. So Christopher Lambert had a moment, I think we can all agree, in kind of like action-era movies. Big Highlander. Big Highlander. He was Raiden in Mortal Kombat. He had that famous chuckle that everyone references. So in this movie, making, you know, more than having more than one child is illegal. This is like the dystopian future. If you break the law, you get sent to the fortress, which is run by Clarence Bodiger from Robocop. Uh, what's his name? Kurt. Uh, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith. The great Kurtwood Smith. And when you get put into this jail, you have this like almost like bomb thing put in your body, in your intestines, and it's called an intestinator. Whoa. And when you're like misbehaving, Clarence like turns it up a notch and you're like in pain because your intestines are about to explode. Uh, very strange. <laughs> but I thought it was kind of a dud. So there was some cool stuff in it. Like like Clarence Boddicker, Kerwood Smith, he's like the warden for this prison. And these like sexual thoughts are, are pretty much illegal in the jail and at large, but he has a way to like see people's dreams. So in his like little like lair, he's like able to kind of like break the law himself by like observing these dreams, wow. which I think is a pretty cool angle for a movie. Um, but that's, that's where the coolness kind of stops. Um, so Fortress, Christopher Lambert, it's off my list. I think I gave it like two stars maybe. So we'll see how the cleanse goes the next time. <laughs> 20, 2023 is going to be a new year for you. That's, it that's is. My it's hope. my year. <laughs> I'm almost under 100 movies on my watch list, so it's very curated right now. Almost. That's, that's impressive. I'm at, Thank let's, you. let's do a quick check on Mitchell's watch list. We're about 1,452. Oh, my so God. Making progress. Everybody making progress every day. I think I added about twenty last night. So. Holy smokes! <laughs> so what did you what did you get when you were last on the show? One that came off of my watch list: Alphabet City, oh. nineteen eighty four, directed by Amos Poe. Um, not as as complex as a plot as a Fortress uh, sounds like <laughs> it is. No, no intestinators in this one. Basically, just like a late night New York movie about a mm. small time drug dealer who's trying to you know get out and make clean, but the, the people above him are not down for that. And, you know, he's mm -hmm. in a little bit of trouble. He's got a, he's been tasked with burning down um, a building that just happens to be the one that his mom lives in. And um, I mean, it's, it's a wild ride. It's pretty dope. Um, it is like very like neon nights in New York city in the eighties, which is like a hundred percent my vibe. If anybody knows me, um, it was put out by fun city editions on Blu-ray. And I basically love like everything that that label puts out. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's sick. I, I really enjoyed it. It's very like scuzzy, but also like the neon and like the like washed out lighting of it is really gorgeous. And it's, it's got a killer soundtrack. It's also very funny. Like this dude is spending the whole movie, like trying to convince people to like leave this building. He's like, I am going to burn down this building tonight. You need to leave or you will die. And his, even his mom is like, Hey man, if that's what happens, like, I guess I'm going down. Like I'm not, I got to iron this laundry. So like, <laughs> You know, I gotta, I gotta check out. Um, I was delighted to see that Justin on Letterboxd watched this as well and tagged his review. We can watch this. Justin's review 
treads a weird middle ground between Escape from New York and Drive, poetic street tough soaked in surreal neon. Johnny's a good egg, but he crosses the line from sentimental to self-righteous. I want good things for him, but I also want to see him shoot his way out. Mm. Johnny, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a, t- he's a tough tough noodle to crack. Yeah, yeah it's hard to crack, to crack those crack. noodles. It's very hard to cr- crack those every noodles. Every day I'm trying to crack these noodles <laughs> and they are just slipping out of my fingers. <laughs> my buddy Chuck Forsman, uh, who... Create, who's a cartoonist. He created The End of the Effing World on Netflix. Uh, he left a review for this that I didn't realize it until this week, but he gave it four and a half stars. So he loved it as well. Yeah. So this is a delight. It felt like equal parts 80s self-published amateur comic and an incredible <laughs> college art film with the most intense splashes of color. So yeah. yeah. I gave it four stars. So yeah, I definitely would recommend people checking out Alphabet City. It is- it's in my watch list now. I can uh, I can confirm Whoa. that I've just added it to the watch list. My influence is so strong. <laughs> I'm going to get, in no time, I'm getting your watch list up to a thousand. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but we should point out some uh, community reviews. Rob watched Eyes Wide Shut which we will be spotlighting next week on our Four Faves episode, which was your pick I had a for lot Holiday Faves. Uh, Rob left a review. I would do unspeakable things to be part of Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's blunt rotation. That, that's an interesting review because I would do anything to not be in that room. Like that, <laughs> that <laughs> It is seems the, like such a downer to be in, in that room with them. The vibes are very off in that room. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've smoked some pot in my day, and I, I've had experiences where, you know, one person takes takes it a little bit in a, in a direction where they get a little bit, they get a little bit antsy, they get a little bit uh-huh. hyper, they get a little bit, you know, and it just it kills the vibe. I, I want to smoke, and I just take a nap. Like that's that's my vibe. Got to change a room if you're if you're if you're at a party with Tom and Nicole, you change rooms. Like, I'm exactly. just going to, exactly. I'll see you guys in a little bit. I need a break. How do you even know where to look? Like, what's the eye line there? One's so small and one's so tall. Like, what do you <laughs> Listen, even, where Tom are you Tom was looking? on the bed, okay? <laughs> Tom was on the bed accentuating his height. That might have actually been a very direct choice. Nicole's, you know, on the ground. Yeah, she was on the floor. So was on the she bed. was still taller than he was they're about, on they're, that Yeah, they're, they're about the same, the same <laughs> eye line. I wanted to quickly shout out. So I, I did choose Eyes Wide Shut as my holiday fave. The other film that I was considering choosing was The Shop Around the Corner, which Kayla happened to review and, oh. you know, tag their review. We can watch this. Kayla's review of The Shop Around the Corner, a 1940s rom-com with Jimmy Stewart. Honestly, the movie didn't have to do much for me to love it. Also, it's set in Budapest, question mark, exclamation point. (laughs) The shop around the corner is very like the total opposite end of my like eyes wide shut holiday viewing um, Mm -hmm. pleasures. But the shop around the corner also now like a a marquee like holiday viewing for me. It is so delightful, so warm. It is like perfect, perfect, like old school viewing. I really feels like a warm blanket. All right. Uh, Let's see. We need to shuffle. We, we need to shuffle. shuffle. We're running out of time. I gotta We're go running out of time. I don't even have time to spotlight Dan Roberts' Marcel the Shell review, but I saw it. I just want you to know I saw it and I liked it. <laughs> uh, we need to go to our watch list. We'll shuffle. We will filter by stream only. And then we're going to sort by shuffle. So the first movie in that list, we have to watch before our next recording. And just a disclaimer, we're taking, spoilers, we're taking the month of January off. So Mitchell's, you're going to have to sit on this thought for a month, pretty much. And my first movie is, oh gosh, <laughs> 1984's Dreamscape, starring Dennis Quaid and Max von Sydow and Christopher wow. Plummer. Whoa. Government-funded project looks into using psychics to enter people's dreams with some mechanical help. This is streaming on Roku, Tubi, 
oh, it's one of those movies. It's on Shout Factory. It's on Peacock. It's on <laughs> Canopy, Hoopla. So this has been on my watch list for a while. I'm excited to watch. It's got a great poster. Escape. I'm putting this in my watch list. Hell Dream yeah. Escape. 1001. I want to change this backdrop. What is this backdrop? Yeah, we, we <laughs> might need we, We'll do some, some metadata work after the show to adjust some things, I think. What about you? What did you shuffle and get? My film from that so from the year when you said 1984, I was like, I almost thought we were about to line up. Mine's from 1985. <gasps> Dario Argento, who we <gasps> recently discussed, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage with uh, Corey Everett on The Four Faves. This film I got, Phenomena, starring oh. Jennifer Connelly. A young girl with an amazing ability to communicate with insects is transferred to an exclusive Swiss boarding school where her unusual capability might help solve a string of murders. I'm very excited for this. I have the Arrow 4K Blu-ray of, of this. It is on Tubi if people wanted to stream it, but I will be watching on my 4K television. <laughs> <laughs> it's also on Shutter too. It's Shutter, on Shutter, Shutter as well. I'm I'm very stoked for this. This is I you know when we were talking to Corey, I was thinking when we watched the Bird with the Crystal Plumage, I mentioned I had seen Suspiria. I haven't seen Argento's other stuff, so I need to get more into him. And Phenomena has been on my watch list for a while, so we're gonna. Get it that 1,451. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're chipping away slowly chipping but surely. Away. I'll get down by by the end of 2023. I'll be at uh, 300. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did just mark. We're running out of time, but I did just mark my 600th logged film, my 600 movie that I watched in 2022 the other day, which was a rewatch of the Adam Sandler movie Big Daddy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Weekend Watchlist brought to you by The Letterbox Show. You can follow Mia Slim, that's me, and our HQ page on Letterbox using the links in our episode notes. And just remember, next week we'll be spotlighting our holiday watchlist. And then the week after that, spoilers, we'll be doing a year in preview before we take a little bit of a break uh, for the year 2023. Thanks to our crew. And thanks to Letterbox member Trent Walton for the theme music Eyes On. Thanks to Jack for the facts and Sophie Shin for the episode transcript. And thanks to all of you for listening, We Can Watch This is a Tape Deck production. This, this, this is a Tape Deck podcast.